Desert vacay or beach vacay? Beach. Why? I want to look hot. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's Joshua Tree? You could be wearing like a swimsuit in Joshua Tree. I could, but no one's around to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Interview With My Kid. I'm Jesse Sullivan, and this is my kid. I'm Arla. And we're back with another amazing episode. Our guest today is so great. Um, it's July now, we just closed out Pride Month in LA, and now we just finished 4th of July, which, you know, not isn't necessarily a celebration right now, but you know, it is what it is. So we're so excited to have our next guest. Our next guest is Corey Ray, the first ever trans prom queen and activist, and she does amazing at Million Things, and you're gonna hear all about it. So welcome, Corey Ray. <laughs> welcome, welcome. <laughs> We're so excited to have you on today. How are you? I'm very well, actually. So I know you just landed, right, from Portland? I did. Just yes. visiting? My boyfriend has a job in Portland, amazing. so I Ooh. went up to visit. I've never been before. Did you like Hi. it? I loved it. Lots of good vegan food, better than Los Angeles. So. I know, you're vegan yeah. too, right? Yes. Well, Arlo's like vegetarian, but I'm yeah. vegan. So yeah, for love, the most part. I love my fellow vegans. <laughs> yeah, represent. No, it's really great. We had a really nice time. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> so we're so excited to have you here because, I mean, your title is the first ever trans prom queen, I think is just so amazing. But you do so many other things. So tell our listeners, like, what the other things you list as you do? Yeah, um, activism, mm -hmm. obviously, mm -hmm. not only for the LGBTQI plus community, but of course for the environment. It's like what I'm really passionate about is helping our world become a better, safer, cleaner place to live in. I love that. Um, and I model, I act, I write, produce, um, do public speaking. Amazing. Wow. A lot of fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. Long and list. Social media as well. Yeah. And Long it, list. Awesome. <laughs> Did you kind of always know you wanted to be someone that, you know, was in the limelight that people were looking up to and listening to? Or is that something that just kind of happened after you became prom queen? Both. Um, I think I was always destined for something greater than myself. Mm -hmm. um, just always been very, very, very different than most people I've come across yeah. um, and just felt something from within that was, um, I mean, special about myself. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, growing up in New Jersey also, everyone's very cookie cutter mm -hmm. and I'm definitely not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although I'm a very binary trans person, right. I am not cookie cutter whatsoever. Right. And so, yeah, I definitely felt like I was going to do something greater than just work a typical nine to five. Right. But um, uh, after coming out publicly and, and doing the blog and all of that, I definitely realized like this is the right path for me for right. sure. Amazing. That's awesome. I love that. So let's kind of like start from the beginning. I think especially when I have anyone who's, you know, gender nonconforming or trans sitting in that chair, like I really like to start at kind of their childhood, start at the beginning where this all, you know, when did you first feel that you, you know, weren't the gender that you were assigned at birth? Uh, always. I asked my mom for a Cinderella dress and Barbies at the age of two. Mm -hmm. uh, so I never really identified with what the doctor had assigned me at birth. Right. Um, and she was all for it. She had actually thought I was going to be a girl and was very surprised and didn't really know what to do yeah. when they said like, oh, it's a boy. And she was just always really supportive. And um, she kind of thought I was going to be a girl. She had the name Julie picked out. Oh, wow. And <laughs> She describes the moment of like, I have an older brother. And she describes it being very different than with my having my brother. And mm -hmm. just kind of felt like 
she was underwater and was very confused and she could not pick out a name for me. It took her a very long time to figure out a name. And she originally spelled it C-O-R-Y and it didn't sit right with her. And so she changed it to the unisex spelling of C-R-E-Y. And she just kind of always felt like something was going to be very different with me. Wow. Um, it's like she had that intuition. Yeah, as that's crazy. Yeah. So, then so she, she sounds like she was really supportive, right? Yeah. So when I asked for the Cinderella dress and everything, that was like, a moment for her, she was like, oh, okay. Oh, like, I see sense. why this felt so interesting to me right. when I was giving birth to Corey. Gotcha. And she kind of supported me. I and love that. that. Yeah, been my fiercest protector. Did <laughs> you, when did you first, I know you said you came out publicly um, trans, but obviously you came out trans younger, right? Yeah. How old were you? Um, the first time was when I told my mom I was 12. Oh, wow. Um, I found the word transgender during career day in school, in middle school. Oh. Um, a mom came in to show her different advertisements and magazines and every single kid got a different magazine. And I just so happened to get a People mag and I was flipping through it, obviously not paying attention to whatever she was saying. <laughs> and there was this story on a trans teenage boy and I saw wow. the word transgender and the sentence he used, which I don't now identify with, which uh, was, um, that he felt trapped in the wrong body. Mm -hmm. And immediately I knew. Yes. Um, I had been praying every night to wake up with a vagina. Yeah. To me, being a woman meant vagina, which right. we know now today, that's not necessarily true. But yeah, I think me, as I a like, kid, that's how it feels. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, especially going through like health, which yeah. was like wear a deodorant and you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just knew that that's what I wanted. And from like probably around the fifth grade on, fourth grade on, I was always praying to wake up as a girl. And oh. um, yeah. Amazing. Wow. I actually had a very similar feeling growing up. I was raised super religious, so I would like every single night cry into my pillow and pray that I would wake up a boy the next day. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, I don't want to wake up like, oh, Jesse was a girl for these first eight years and then a boy. I just want to wake up and I was a boy this whole Same. time so that nobody yeah. would like think I was weird or anything. Yes. And I think like a lot of trans people go through these kinds of feelings at a young age because you, you, you can't really fully process all these feelings anyways if you're dealing with other things. So dealing with being transgender as well is a lot. Yeah, I thought that if I were to tell anyone prior to finding the word transgender and even after, I thought if I told someone they would send me to an asylum. Yeah. I thought I was the only person in the whole world who felt the way that I did. Exactly. And so finding that term in the magazine was like, oh my God, like, uh, yes, like this is me. This is how I identify. And I took the magazine home. I asked to keep it. And I read it over and over for like two weeks. And then I wow. asked my mom, I was like, is this girl like covering up for being a lesbian or is this trans thing real? And mm. she'd been waiting for me to say something. Wow. She didn't want to push anything on yeah, me. Yeah. And so she's like, yeah, this is real. And then a couple of days later I said, mom, I want to be a girl. And she said, okay. And it took a really long time for her to find someone who would see me. No one wanted to talk to a trans kid at the time. Right. Remember this like 2006. Yeah. Um, and right. so it took a long time and, until um, my junior year of high school. And that's when I started to transition. Um, with hormones? Um, not at first, no. Uh, there's a lot of different steps you had to take back then. Yeah. Um, but I started taking hormones my senior year. Okay. But I went on hormone blockers so that I didn't go through male puberty. Okay, got it. Yeah, I think, you know, something you said about like being young and kind of going through these emotions, I think it's so important because a lot of our listeners are young, are mm -hmm. queer people, gender nonconforming, trans kids. And you, you said something, you were like, you know, I thought I was going to end up in an asylum because I thought I was the only person in the world. And literally just getting the terms 
to know what to call yourself, what it changed in your life. Thinking one day that you're gonna end up in a mental asylum to the next, you know, being like, oh my God, this is, there's other people like me and I'm okay. My mom actually accepts me. Yeah. Yeah. Those, that's huge. Yeah, so I want like the young people like listening right now to know that and to feel that and know like they aren't alone. No, yeah, they're definitely not. Especially, it's hard to be alone now with social media, but um, no, for sure. It's, uh, it was a different time and I'm very grateful for it, but I'm also happy that we have so much access to information and education now. Mm, absolutely. Um, means that all the stuff I had to go through is worth it. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Like our generation is definitely dealing with a lot of these issues differently yes. than we did. For sure. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely still a ton of issues, but um, there's and sometimes, and now it might be worse, you know, I didn't have to deal with bathroom laws or, yeah. you know, I was able to get the, I wasn't easy, but access to hormone blockers, which is such a big issue in the country today. Right. And I think they it's- they made it an issue. Yes, and it's yeah. so important. Like I wouldn't have transitioned the way I transitioned and been so happy if I didn't have those blockers and like right. the right to my own body, which right. we now know is, not really yeah. popping here exactly. in America. And so. socially, sometimes it's difficult as well. There's st like, I, I, I was just talking about this in one of the last episodes, um, how like there's just still a ton of issues even in my generation. Like there's a lot of Gen Z's who are homophobic and transphobic totally. and yeah. it's horrible. And I just, I wish we could, you know, progress a little bit. And I think we are in some ways for yeah. sure, but. I definitely think we progressed a lot. And it takes think, a long time. It does. It does take a long time. It does. Very long time. And it takes a lot of people like you standing up and using your voice and, you know, yeah. telling your story. I didn't think that we would even be talking about being transgender until I was in my 40s or 50s. Yeah. When I was transitioning and I was talking to my therapist about it, we decided I would tell my boyfriend probably when I was getting engaged. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I would not tell my children until right. a certain age. Like I had no idea that this new yeah. wave of the trans liberation movement was right. going to happen. No, yeah, and there's definitely like a lot of progression in certain ways for sure. Um, um, and like you said, though, it just it does take a long time. Yeah, and it will sadly, but yeah. there is some ways that are better. Yeah, absolutely. Did you know? Like you said, like you thought you were gonna only talk about that like way later on in life or something. And was it this kind of, you know, this new culture of people being open about being trans that did that? Or like what was kind of that thing for you that? Sure. Um, say what you want about her and her political beliefs, but the transgender community owes Caitlyn Jenner for opening up the conversation of what it means to be transgender. I do not agree with her on right. anything. Right. Um, and I think she is not the most accurate representation of what it does mean to be transgender, Definitely. but opening up that conversation, what she did for us yeah. was so courageous yeah. and was so incredible and gave me the strength to tell my story publicly. I was right. living stealth for five years. I didn't tell a soul in college and a year after college and kept it from my boyfriend in college and from my friends and um. jobs. Mind if I ask, what did she do that made you feel more comfortable and that you thought was like talking oh, cool. about it, Just opening up, public, being in Vanity yeah. Fair? Got it. No one was doing that. Kate, um, there was Amanda Lepore, who you only knew if you were involved in New York nightlife, mm -hmm. and um, although I love her, and um, Laverne Cox was in Orange is the New Black, but that was about it. And yeah. every other trans representation was. And as important as it is to talk about the horrible things that happen to trans people, specifically trans women of color, right. it's also important to share the positive stories. And we were not talking oh, about that. Definitely. And no one knew what transgender was. When exactly. I was transitioning, people were like, oh, is that gay? Yeah. I was like, no, it's not gay. Like, it's a whole other ball game. No, yeah. And 
what Caitlin did was really open up that conversation mm -hmm. and get people talking because people I agree weren't even that. talking about it. I agree. They just that. didn't want to go there. It was, you're a cross-dresser, you're a tranny, yeah. something's wrong with you, you're a thief, you're a rapist. Yeah. You know, yeah. that was the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like it was such a short time ago, but it really opens up like, that whole conversation on a, on a big scale because Caitlyn was an American hero, exactly. an Olympian, mm -hmm. a, Card a part of the Kardashian franchise. I mean, this was a huge celebrity and we did not have that then. Yeah. And as amazing as Laverne is, you know, for being in Orange is the New Black, that's so incredible. Like, it's just a Netflix show. It was a huge Netflix show and it was phenomenal and what she, she is so iconic, but Caitlyn Jenner was a whole other level. Yeah. And so it got people really talking about it and it made me feel like, oh, okay, people are talking about it. And then I'd be in the room with people who were talking so negatively about trans people. Right. And I was sitting there and I was like, if only you knew yeah. who you were talking in front of. Seriously. And then I was like, I gotta tell these people because yeah. if I don't do something, People aren't going to understand that trans people can be young and beautiful and sexy and supported yeah. and, and happy you know, and, and cool and successful. Yeah, exactly. Like one of the things I always am trying to show with my social media platforms is that I'm an older trans person with a family who's happy and successful. Like I, I, exactly what you were saying, we, trans people are always shown in such a negative light, especially like before. Oh yeah, 100%. I even as a trans person only saw them that way because and it's, it's scary right. and it's so like fear-based because it makes yes. you like, oh my God, is that going to happen to me? And I've had young people reach out to me and be like, you know, I'm young and I'm scared because I always thought I was never going to have a family when I was older. And I was like, you absolutely can. Absolutely. Like, and I think that's why it's so important for conversations like this to happen and everything right. you said, I 100% agree with. And I think, yeah, I disagree with her politics 100% yeah. as well. Yeah, um, I think there's a lot of problematic situations going on there, but she did open up that conversation and you're right, it's because America and the world saw her as this American hero and this- Totally. Yeah, and so it's a and, big deal. Yeah, and, and that's not, you know, it doesn't mean just because you're trans, you're a good person. Yeah. You can still be a bad person. No, yeah. Absolutely. You might be a thief. I don't know. But, like, <laughs> but it's, you know. But it has nothing to do with the fact that you're trans. <laughs> exactly. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Which is trans something. Trans people are just people. Yeah. Trans kids are just kids. And something, that's actually something that I really want people to understand just in general is like people be like, oh, well, like people talk about whatever, like, like gay people fight all the time with each other. But it's like, that's nothing to with the fact that they're gay. Yeah, yeah. Or like like people will be like, well, they're mean to each other. So like why like why do we have to like try to like be so like nice in front of them? It's like they're not being mean to each other because they're gay. Well, <laughs> like interesting. what? Infighting has a really long history. Um because let's take the uh, gay community and the transgender community. The gay community did ostracize transgender yeah. people during the gay liberation yeah. movement because they felt like trans people would halt them from getting their mm -hmm. rights. It's right. the same thing with TERFs, right? Yeah. These yes. trans exclusionary, yes. right? We've, so like, yeah. JK Rowling. Yeah, JK we've Rowling, touched on that before. We don't like you, <laughs> uh, we don't claim you. Um, so yeah, it's exactly the same thing. Women think that, oh, trans women are gonna stop us from getting our rights. Like it, it, there's always been infighting, especially amongst oh, the sure. trans community because trans women are now, I'll speak for trans women specifically, like we've been pivoted against each other. We have to get the best man. We have to be the most passable. We have to look, act, talk the best way. We have to be the most successful because if we don't, we won't survive. Right. So it's unfortunate that yes, we are fighting in front of each other because it doesn't set a good precedent for other people. But at the same time, we've been conditioned to fight with each other because we need to Oh compete. yeah, and when I mean fight, I just even mean like, like I've heard people like, the reason that I brought that up is because people will like, like, two gay people will literally just be fighting, not even have anything to do with LGBTQ, but literally just 
uh, like a how it would be the same if anybody else in this room fought with each other. And people will be like, well, if they're being mean to each other, then like why do like like cis like whatever people like straight people have to act like all nice in front of them? <laughs> I've heard people say stuff like that before, and I'm like, they're not fighting though because they're it has, they're not fighting because they're, they're LGBTQ. People. They're just people right. fighting. Right. It would have been the same if literally anybody else yeah. fought. I think what you said is so true. About yeah. Fighting. Like it, yeah. it definitely happens, and I think it is a, like we are conditioned to. Do oh, for things. sure. And I do think like the difference there is. I've I talked about this so many times. I just did a documentary about like my life and like raising Arlo as a trans man. And one of the things the director asked me about was like a lot of like uh, trans women issues. And I kept saying the same thing over and over again. I was like, I can speak as a trans man, but I was like, their experience is so different than mine. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's so important because I think people just think if you're trans, it's all the same. Like mm -hmm. things I go through are gonna be so different than things totally. you go through. Yeah, and I think there's definitely a discrepancy there to like the, the situations you would deal with. Yeah, I mean the whole transition process is different. And right. I say all the time to people like, no two, no two people on planet earth are the same. Mm -hmm. No two transgender people are gonna be the same. No two transitions are gonna be the same. But uh, medically, scientifically, like there's so many differences yes. in the trans male experience and the trans female experience. Um, and it's not fair, but like there are big differences. Yeah. And that's why I try to like correct myself and say, I'm only speaking for yeah. trans women right now. No, you know, yeah, because totally. I can't speak for your experience. Right. And yeah. I can't speak for yours. Like I got asked, um, oh, on a dating app, would you put that you're transgender because, you know, a lot of trans women don't want to put that they're trans on the app. They want to like tell the guy later on. And I was like, that. I can't, how could I speak for them? They're, what, what a trans woman would go through if they got outed on a dating app versus me is probably very different. Very different. Yeah. Well, more just, uh, danger is danger, but yeah. like I think we have a little bit more fear as a woman. Just as a woman, We right? There is more fear in this world. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. It's yeah. dangerous for us. Yeah, because I also got asked like, oh, like now that you are passing as a man, like do you feel like safe running at night like or taking a jog like without like worrying like to bring pepper spray or whatever? And I was like, you know what? No, because I have my brain is like conditioned for all those years totally. to fear men. So I think like, you know, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's just really men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also like running at night's probably not safe for anyone. <laughs> Especially like, in LA. If, yeah. if you're in LA, in don't downtown. do that. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, no, definitely. Okay, so you grew up on the East Coast, right? Yes. What was that like? Um, it, so were you out to like the world in your community at 12 or was it just like family? Yeah. Just my mom. Just your mom. Um, and I mean, the thing was that our family was like, oh, Corey's guy. No. But my mom kept saying, like, no, there's something more here. Yeah. Um, so when I did tell my family, which is between, let's say, the eighth grade and junior year of high school, everyone was like, mm, this makes sense for Corey, which is yeah. what everyone <laughs> ended up saying. Um, because I didn't change. My right. personality mm. didn't change, just my appearance. Right. Um, it just made sense for me. Even though people didn't know what it was, they were like, oh, mm, I don't know. You're probably just trying to do it, get attention, yeah. but it well, makes sense for you, so yeah. whatever. And so it was hard because... I'm very originally from Los Angeles, which oh, okay. is a way more progressive place than Milburn Short Hills, New Jersey. Yeah. Um, and when I moved to New, New Jersey, I was in the middle of the second grade and I was still playing with Barbies and playing dress up and parents were really hard on me and were like mm. yelling at my mom, like, why is your son playing dress up with my daughter? You know, why are they playing with makeup? And, and Barbie is like, this is weird. And I started to take that on right. um, and realize like something's wrong with me yeah. because these parents are so, me I, you know, my mom would be picking me up from play dates or their kid, whatever. And they, these conversations would happen in front of me. Oh my God. 
or we'd be in the mall and I'd be holding a Barbie and some guy from the gym would be like, shame on you wow. for like letting your child have a Barbie. And my mom was like, shame, my mom literally goes, shame on you. Yeah. Or my kindergarten love teacher. <laughs> I love my yeah. mom. My kindergarten teacher, this is actually in California. My kindergarten teacher had already had my brother who she loved. And I, during recess, was playing dress up with the girls and my kindergarten teacher told me I wasn't allowed to do it. And I went home and told my mom and my mom went in the next day and said, don't you ever tell my child what they can or cannot do in their free wow. time. Um, and like my mom was always my protector. So I knew that I would be protected in that way and supported, mm -hmm. but it was the outside world that was really Definitely. tough. And New Jersey's a hard place. Yeah. Um, and it was a really, 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 um, a town with opulent wealth and cookie cutter families and people who just didn't, they were conservative and didn't want to understand. Like keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. And it was the parents that had a really difficult time. The right. kids were like, whatever. But yeah. the parents were really hard on me and my mom. I always tell this to people because I have so, I have like 16 nieces and nephews. And when I transitioned, they were like, oh, you used to be a girl and now you're a boy. And I was like, yep. And they're like, okay. Said he. I was a boy from then on, never questioned it. Yeah. Kids like, are usually pretty my, um, easy about it. It's the adults. My yeah. my little cousin, He how old was he? What? How old was Ben when you? Like probably three or four. Yeah, and he was so chill about it. He just started using he and like. Even would correct my like family members who would mm. say she. He would be like, yeah. um, excuse me, it's he. And I was like, I love it. <laughs> That's so cute. Um, yeah, but I think, you know. Something that I have noticed just in general about kids, um, like little kids, is that they're more accepting when they're very little. And then once they just start getting a few years older, I can see that it starts to change society because to change. society and school and everything, they start to pick up on things mm. and they start to see a difference and now it's more of a thing to them. Totally. And I've noticed that a lot. Yeah. Like it's usually, it's usually like very, very young kids who are more accepting of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, how it goes. so in 2010, you became the first trans prom queen. Mm -hmm. Before that, were you out in high school? Yeah. That year, I came out, coming out as a loose term. I kind of just transitioned and let everyone kind of catch on. I love yeah. that. Um, my, it was before I had gotten into therapy, but it was my junior year of high school. And um, my mom just like really saw the weight of the world weighing heavily on me. And I was just starting to not be the happy kid anymore that I was. And um, she had asked me that summer if I wanted to start growing my hair out. And I said, yes. And I was really excited about that. My mom was a hairdresser. Oh, awesome. Um, so we started growing out my hair and I was taking fashion design classes at FIT already. And I was just really being more, I was always effeminate, but I was just like really like, it was almost like a box of femininity being rattled and yeah. it was going to explode at any second. Yeah. And I couldn't really contain it anymore. And I wanted to start dressing how I wanted to dress. And um, so she asked if I wanted to start wearing her clothes. So I, yeah. and oh, gotcha. you know, she's like um, shorter with like an hourglass body and I was like taller, like stick. Mm. So her clothes <laughs> kind of looked androgynous on me. Okay. Um, her jeans, I started with her tops and then her jeans, like cardigans, things like that. And it was a really slow progression actually. It wasn't like I came to school one day and I was fully in like a female outfit. Yeah. Um, it was really slow and I didn't think I needed to be respectful to anyone else, but I wanted, I didn't want anyone to just like, freak out, yeah. you know, I just like wanted to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And so it was a really slow process. And then eventually 
towards the spring, I was like wearing mascara and a bra and things like that. And people started to ask questions like, do you just want attention? Like, are you gay? I said, no, I'm, and I would tell a few people like, oh, I'm trans. They didn't know what that was. They yeah. didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. And so kind of just kept doing my thing. And, right. um, but yeah, I would say out in the sense of, I, they could see me tra physically transitioning. Right. Um, and I had started seeing a therapist in January and like got on hormone blockers pretty quickly because I was a late bloomer and I was just starting to go through puberty. Okay. Gotcha. So um, we wanted to catch that. Yeah. Yeah. And then so it was basically like your dream to become prom queen. Is that right? Like, is that something you really wanted and then yeah. you're like, I'm going for it or? Yeah, my stepbrother was prom king. Okay. Um, <laughs> when I was little, I saw him come home with like flowers and the whole thing. And I was like, that looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> and his girlfriend was super popular and she was, I think, prom queen and that, or she wasn't prom queen. I just remember the drama of like him winning prom queen and she didn't, whatever. <laughs> and you know, I always idolized um, these classic underdog prom stories. She's right. all that, yeah. never been kissed. Yeah. Those are great um, Yeah, <laughs> and, and I love these cool, what I saw was these like white, cis, het, blonde, pretty, rich girls. Right. And I wanted mm -hmm. to be that. Yeah. And I thought that's what being a woman was. I thought being a woman was Regina George and Cher mm -hmm. and Elle Woods. And so I thought, oh, okay, guys and people like dumb blondes mm -hmm. who they can fear a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started to emulate that. Right. Um, and I just, during my transition, and I started realizing like, oh, I could, maybe I could run for prom queen and, and make that you know, dream a reality. Yeah. Right. And so I ran and, and I won. That's Amazing. awesome. And did, <laughs> how, so was that easy where did people like fight you on it? Were they like, um, the thing was, is that I wasn't the most popular girl in school. Yeah. I was, had some friends in a bunch of different groups mm -hmm. and I would say that I was well liked in that way. Yeah. And so it was easy because I was friends with all the girls. I think okay. the guys, stopped really wanting me. And I was really popular at one point and the guys were like, we don't want Corey at parties anymore. Like we're freaked out by Corey. It was more like the guys, but then they kind of told him like, you can't really give me shit or I'll tell the girls not to hook up with you. Yeah. So um, I had a little adversity with my classmates. Um, I remember this one girl, the really hyper popular girl, I won 99% of the votes. Wow. And she voted for me for prom king and wow. tried rallying a group of people to vote for me for prom king. Um, that was like- What's your name? <laughs> Jessica Sales. <laughs> You're like, I will plug that. Don't sue me for defamation, but whatever. Um, yeah, she was the worst. Um, no one liked her, but everyone, you know, thought she was popular and she was that pretty blonde girl wow. who I wanted to be, you know. So her yeah. doing that to me, I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and it was it was hard. I mean, people talked behind my backs. I remember some one time this girl said to me like oh, I can see your balls through your skirt. And I was like, no, you can't. I was like, and I literally told her to go shave her back. Like, <laughs> I loved Mean Girls. I was like, you can go shave your back. I mean, this Freddy. is so interesting. Uh, this, this kind of like, I hear a lot of like my like trans female friends in LA with like stories like this, but like to put this in like the high school context is like mm -hmm. so just uh, amazing and interesting. And like, I'm like loving hearing this. So like you were just like slapping back and like. Yeah, that was the thing. Like I have always demanded respect from people. Yeah. I don't care how young or how old mm -hmm. or how stupid you think I am or how smart. I always demand respect. Yeah. I think everyone deserves respect. And I was not gonna let people walk all over me. And I think I put on a really hard front, which I work through now in therapy because yeah. I didn't want people to walk all over me. And if I knew that if I was the kind, sweet soul that I am yeah. around high schoolers, they were gonna- Eat you alive. Yeah, and I didn't want that. And so I thought it'd rather be feared and be seen as like a bitch mm -hmm. than not 
Um, right. And I definitely took on a Regina George mindset for years. <laughs> and it, it's taken a really long time to get out of that. Right. Or it took a long time to get out of that. Yeah. And do you think just like getting older and just experiencing life and therapy and all these things kind of just got you to be like, you know what, I can be a sweet person. Because I can tell just even when we were talking out there, like you're so obviously a kind, sweet soul. <laughs> like it it's radiates off of you. So is that something you, you know, found later on because of that or... Um, yeah, I studied abroad in Amsterdam mm -hmm. in college, and that was the first, you know, post-transition, post-surgery, and it was the first time I'd met other trans people, mm -hmm. and um, I wrote a research paper on the difference between transitioning in the Netherlands and the U.S. Mm -hmm. It was for school. I was a sociology minor, and um, in interviewing other trans people, I realized, like, oh, trans people have been around since the beginning of time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I became really at peace with myself and thought okay, I am. I always wondered why, even after my transition, why me? Why did I have to be born transgender? Why can I have just been born what we now know as a cis? Yeah. I used to say normal. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because I was put in this body in this lifetime to change people's perceptions of what it means to be transgender. Absolutely. And I realized that in Amsterdam and became more at peace with myself. And so I was able to be that. more at peace in life and, yeah. um, and didn't feel the need to put on a really hard exterior anymore. And uh, being in therapy, I've been in some pretty intense therapy for the past two and a half years. That's really helped. Yeah. And falling in love has really softened oh, me. And I love that. <laughs> yeah. I'm a firm believer in therapy. I, yeah, I tell too. everyone, like pretty much everyone should be in therapy. I think it does wonders. I agree. Um, at some point. Yeah, at some point. Um, and I'm also a firm believer in love, so I love that you're in love. <laughs> yeah, That's really too. sweet. Um, we talked a little bit about it, but you said you met him at a show, correct? Like a concert? My boyfriend, yeah, yeah outside of a concert. Amazing, I love that. <laughs> yeah. How and you guys have been together for, you said, like seven? Seven months, months. yeah. Amazing. Wow. November. Love can do a lot for you. I think also, like, I... When I've talked to the producer, producers of this show about this, like I always want to highlight queer love because I think mm -hmm. that it it's so like a lot of stories and stuff don't tell it in the right way, and I think the right. young people like listening and watching right now, it's like it's so important because think of yes. being like twelve, like we were, and thinking like yeah, no one's gonna love me when I'm older. Oh, I, do this. I that's why I thought I would have to live stealth my whole life yeah. and not like tell my husband, kind of like Nikki tutorials, like yeah. that was a preview into what my life could have been like. Right. And it uh, made me sad. And I always wondered like, oh my God, am I gonna like have to grow up and like be a guy and like be gay? Cause yeah. I don't feel gay. And right. it was really, really, really hard. And I did not know that I could fall in love. And actually the first time that I was really truly in love was my senior year of college when I was still living stealth. Mm -hmm. And he did not know until a year after we broke up. Okay. And I, that's when I really was also starting to soften because I was falling in love in the first time and I right. felt like I was being loved for who I am without any other condition. And that was amazing. But at the same time, he didn't really know me like a whole other, and being transgender is not all of me, right. but it is a big part of who I am. And I love that I could be loved for me and my personality and like all those things and my beauty, like that's all great and fine. But my boyfriend now like genuinely loves me so much and like yeah. for right. all of me. And it's that. 
it. It's so special, and I did not know that a love like this could exist, and it makes me really happy, and like, I'm excited. <laughs> and I'm excited for your generation and, yeah. and all the generations to come, and it makes me very very proud that I could find someone like this. Absolutely. And, right. yeah. and I do think it's so important for like those young people to know that like someone will absolutely love of all of them. Of course. Yeah. And I think, you know, like our generation, we kind of had to like go through all these experiences. Like I came out as like lesbian first and like right. then non-binary and all these different right. things. And you, I had to go through all this to get where I am now. And now I'm like so fulfilled and so sure of who I am. And it attracted someone in my life as well who also like loves me 100% for all yeah. of me. And I want like young people to know that that like you might have a journey, you might be going through different like phases and different experiences, but at the end of it, like I promise, like there's that that love for everyone. Yeah. Right. Um, and this is kind of off topic, but <laughs> I was kind of, I'm kind of curious if you're comfortable sharing. Um, what did you wear to prom? <laughs> oh, God. Um, I wore a Forever 21 dress, <laughs> which is fast fashion. I don't support that anymore. Um, but it was my friend, my best friend's dress. Gotcha. And I was trying it on because I could not find anything to wear. Gotcha. And her mom came in and she was like, oh, that looks better on you. You should wear it. Karen will find another dress. Oh, wow. And so I wore it. It was a black one-shouldered short wow. um, Forever 21 dress. And she had pinned kind of like a boutonniere on it, actually. It was like a fake flower. So I wore a boutonniere and a corsage. Um, and black Steve Madden or what Madden girl like <laughs> ruched Madden girl black shoes we're oh, all wow. black um, oh I love wow. that that's our vibe for yeah. sure yeah <laughs> I can tell yeah was uh, that moment cool. when they like crowned you was, was that just like the uh, like a highlight yeah was it, just, it was like the movie moment I'd yeah. always waited for that's was awesome. it like the confetti that's so cool. and like, the, like yeah <laughs> it, was, it was very validating obviously I felt seen and understood by my peers right. and by the school who who were really, for the time, quite phenomenal with everything. And right. um, it made that night gave me um, the knowledge that if I really wanted something and I put my heart and soul into it and I worked hard for it, I could make my dreams come true. And yes. that was that, that was that experience. I was like, okay, dreams can come true. And yeah. And um, it was awesome. And I'm really, I think, really happy about it. I think dreams also take courage, and I think that was such like a courageous thing to do because I think there's so many young people that would be like so scared to even even try attempt that, and like so I think, you know, in life in general, like if you really want things, you have to take those kind mm -hmm. of scary steps. Absolutely, no risk, no reward. Nope, I agree. So mm -hmm. then after all this happened, you what was kind of next in your life? You moved back to LA. Or um, well, after high school, I went to college. Yeah. I went to Hofstra. I studied public relations and sociology, um, and I was there for four years. Obviously, with six months in Amsterdam, mm -hmm. my junior year. But I had had surgery after my freshman year of college. Yeah. So between freshman and sophomore year, I went through the surgery process, which was incredible, um, very difficult, and excruciatingly painful, but well worth it. Yeah. It changed my life. My life could not move forward without surgery. Um, and for me, that was my version of complete. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I went through college. And then, of course, my senior year, Caitlyn Jenner came out um, towards the end of my senior year. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to, I'm going to have to tell my story, like, somehow. 
mm-hmm. um, graduated college and for a year I was working in a hospitality job in New York City that I hated yeah. <laughs> and was really struggling with what to do with my life. I knew that that was not for me. Right. And um, I was making an online modeling portfolio on a website. I like got the domain coryray.com and built a Squarespace site that was just going to be for uh, modeling. Mm-hmm. But I was also writing what I thought was going to be the first chapter of my book uh-huh. mm-hmm. where I would have told the world I was trans. Wow. Um, but then the Pulse nightclub shooting happened in Orlando, Florida in June 2016. I remember this clear as day. Yeah. And that was really hard for me. It was the first attack I had seen on the LGBTQ plus community in my adult life yeah. or young adult life. And um, I realized like, okay, we're under attack and I've got to, I've got to do something about this. Right. Like if I, even if I could just tell a few people, you know, that would, I was also struggling with keeping my high school friends separate from my college friends yeah. and it was really hard. I mean, I lived two separate lives. Yeah. Um, and I work now through therapy about the damage that I did by living stealth. Right. Um, I, of course, I did it out of security and safety and, and wanting to live this normal lifestyle. But um, it was really hard on me. And I wanted just all these things to, I just needed a release. Yeah. Um, and so I combined the modeling portfolio with my first chapter of my book and made it a blog. Okay, gotcha. And I published the blog on my website and posted it to Facebook. Mm -hmm. And someone I went to high school with worked for Yahoo and they syndicated the article and then did a follow-up interview. And the title was, world's first transgender prom queen comes out about being trans before it was trendy, Mm -hmm. which is like the trendy thing, not so PC these days, but for the time it was a big deal and that went viral and the post went viral. And I was kind of put on this role of trans activist, trans writer. And I was like, oh my God, like I just thought Facebook was going to know, you know? And so, um, yeah, it kind of thrust me into the more public life and started working on my Instagram. And then I moved to LA in January 2017 and was modeling and writing. I had a fashion dating advice column on Stylecaster and was blogging and modeling and doing all those things. And then I um, had like a video feature in Vogue.com during Pride Month and that kind of spiraled into a modeling campaign with Ipsy. I love it. And then Ipsy asked me to do some Instagram stuff and then here the rest you are. is history, yeah. <laughs> I love that, that's so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, so I think like what that shows is that that moment of like wanting that release for your own personal self to like put that first chapter on the the blog. Yeah. Like look what that did. You know, it's yeah. like a snowball yeah. effect after that. And then having the courage to then post that on Facebook. And I think that's something that's so true. We were just talking about that in the last episode is like making those decisions to be so fully who you are. And I don't think every queer trans person has to do this. I know a lot of people would like just want to be, you know, stealth or subtle and like living in their quiet life. And that's perfectly fine. But I think people like us that do do, I think it's just so important because I think it really like you see how the world actually responds so positively for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, and we all get haters. You know, I get yeah. them. I get like pretty horrible comments. But mm. I always tell myself I get more love than hate. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Earlier you were like at that time you know, Legally Blonde and Regina George and all that, you're like, that's what I thought a woman was. Mm. What would you say now at, you're 31? Uh, 29. 29. Um, Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. Uh, it's, I, I, aging is a privilege, yeah. especially as a trans person. Exactly. Um, I say being a woman is whatever you want mm-hmm. it to be. <laughs> yeah. If you identify as a woman, then you're a woman. whatever it wants. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think there's any which way that we should have to act, talk, walk, or be. Yeah. I, um, I would say that there is something to be said about the divine feminine 
and feeling like a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a really cool thing and very unifying. Um, but I don't think it should, and I don't think it does look one way at all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is nice because I really was conditioned to feel like this was the one way to be a woman. Right. And I'm happy. I mean, I literally am my own dream, dream come true. I <laughs> yeah. never, you're your own Barbie. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I saw your, your Instagram post about the Barbies, and you're like, now I am the Barbie yeah. that like, I wanted as I a never kid. thought and this could be possible. I love that. I like, yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I really, really never thought that this was a possibility. Yeah. And it's really f- cool. It is yeah. so cool they're gonna bleep that out but (laughs) worth it (laughs) I love that um and yeah I think you know same thing like as a trans man I think I was also conditioned to like it's be like super hyper masculine and like Mm -hmm. you know I think we're a lot of trans men are conditioned to be that way but I was like you know what I don't feel like this crazy masculine person I'm still gonna dye my hair colors I'm still gonna paint my nails and like you know I've just always kind of been like a more feminine boy because where I'm comfortable I think because a lot of people in society have this thing with trans um, people, like trans men, like, oh, if you're feminine, that's just you like being a girl or like you like acting like a girl sure. versus what the response would be if like a feminine gay guy acts feminine, totally. which I've seen a lot before. Like when a feminine like gay guy acts, you know, like hyper feminine, people are like, oh, cool, like he, whatever, you know? But like when a trans man does it, they act like it's him wanting to be like a girl again or something. Right. And it's very strange. I've seen it a lot. Yeah, and that's why I said earlier, like I'm a very binary trans woman. I love getting my nails done and wearing pink and like I'm very feminine, but I've always been that way. Being transgender has not, or transitioning rather, has not made me more feminine. It's just who I am and that's great. And then there's some trans women who don't want surgery or even be on hormones or you know whatever. And like there's just no one which way to be anyway. And right. I think something people forget, you kind of said this before, but it's like they forget with trans people, they think like once you transition, you become a different person. But yeah. you know, like, I've always been this person. I have always been this exact person. Right, exactly. Like yeah. literally like, so when I had like family members have like, like, oh, I feel like I lost you and it's not the same. I'm like, that's your projection. Yeah. This is more me than I've ever been. Exactly. Like literally the only exactly. difference is like exactly. my voice is deeper. And, right. You know, have more facial hair. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, yeah, exactly. So we ask every guest the same questions because we love these two questions and we right. think they're so cute and it kind of wraps up our listeners to kind of just know who you are and okay. and kind of like sign it off. And then mm-hmm. after this, we're going to play a fun little game. But Arlo, go ahead and ask the first question. What is one single thing that you would want to be known for after you leave this earth? It can be anything. Changing the way people perceive and treat transgender women. Love I it. want people to know love that it. we can be hot and cool and fun and sexy and successful and happy and lived very fulfilled lives. I love that. That's That's an amazing thing to leave this earth because I think the earth needs it. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then the second one, do you think 10-year-old Corey would be proud of Corey now? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think... um, I think I'd be floored. I'd be like, wow, it's pretty cool. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd be really proud of myself and just um, the whole journey. I mean, I've had a lot of moments where I'm not so proud of myself, but um, all of it's been really well worth it. And I think um, done a really good job. So yeah, yeah. you'll be proud. We're proud of you. <laughs> I think 10-year-old Corey would be jumping Oh, for up and down. sure. <laughs> Thank you. For sure. <laughs> and so now let's play like a, 
a fun little game. It's okay. gonna be a kind of another like get to know you game. Okay. Um, Which one are we doing? This or that. So okay. I'm just gonna ask you this or that. Coffee date or arcade date? Oh, for a first date? Mm -hmm. Arcade. Yeah. That's, that's a great, a great answer. Yeah. Yes. I think it's way more fun. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. so many more things to do. Yeah. yeah. And just like sit with and talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. New York Pride or LA Pride? Oh, don't do this to me. <laughs> um, New York. I think. Yeah. I haven't been to New York Pride, but I've heard amazing things. Yeah. What, New York Pride. What about it do you like better? Uh, although the energy in LA Pride is great, there is something different about LA. And also you're like walking past the Stonewall Inn and, you know, yeah. like, and there's just so much more pride and, you know, you feel like it started there and you right. can right. feel Sylvia and Marsha there. Yeah. You know, like no, it's yeah. the history and the vibe and, um, yeah, New York there's nothing like strutting down a New York street. Yeah. yeah. You know? So like imagine it on Pride. Arlo yeah. hasn't been to New York yet and they're oh. like obsessed with like old buildings and yeah. city life. And yeah. I was like, you, I bought yeah. them t tickets for Christmas and they got like flight anxiety and we didn't end up going. But I've been Don't like, trying to get Don't put me out there, there like I that. Mean, Don't I also put me have flight anxiety, there. so I get it. But yeah. um, you need to go. I know. Yeah, I, to I see do eventually. I do. Yeah. I feel like I know the answer to this one because we kind of talked earlier, okay. but dating app or IRL? IRL in real life. I believe in dating app meets like my brother and his wife, mm -hmm. but I think an organic meet for me personally is what's best. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like it's just and so it's different. cooler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a better story to tell. Yeah. 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 I need Absolutely. to feel an energy from someone and vice versa. Yeah, definitely. That's and you what never I know what's gonna happen. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like when everyone was doing Zoom meetings, I said the same thing. I was like, I can't vibe off of people the same way. No. Like I need to like see and feel yeah. and like hear. Yeah. Okay, desert vacay or beach vacay? Beach. Why? I want to look hot. <laughs> You're gonna be in a what if it's Joshua Tree? You could be wearing like a swimsuit in Joshua Tree. I could, but no one's around to see it. <laughs> it's very like yeah. deserted. Literally. I also love, like I'm very afraid of the ocean, but I love being by the water and there's gotcha. just something Obsessed. very calming about it. Um, yeah, beach for sure. Yeah, I, I would actually say the same thing. I worked way too hard to be in a bathing suit to be in Joshua Tree. I know. <laughs> exactly. Although I love it, Joshua Tree's great. Uh, but. I love it too. I know I haven't gotten my top surgery yet, and I swear to God, the first moment I walk out on a beach without a shirt, it's it's the best. Oh my God, I yeah. can't wait. I it's like something I think about probably fifty times a day. Yeah, wearing a that's what actually got me through. So. Um, this might be TMI, but during the surgery process, you have to get electrolysis mm -hmm. on anything that's on the outside that's going on the inside. Yes, I've heard this, yeah. And what got me through the electrolysis process and even just the, the injection to numb you was I would literally scream out, like, I'm gonna be in a bathing suit, I'm gonna be in a bathing suit, yeah. I'm gonna be in a bathing suit. Oh, like yeah. that yeah. moment of like going to Victoria's Secret and buying underwear and bathing yes. suits and then being on the beach, it was nothing can top that. Exactly. Well, besides prom queen and some other things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Top moment for yes, sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I'm like. I'm super scared of surgery. So like my top surgery is coming up. So every time I get scared, I'm like beach. It's going to be worth it. Gym. Yeah. 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 Okay. Lady Gaga or Celine Dion? Lady Gaga because um, Born This Way was the first song I ever heard that had transgender in it. Yeah. I love that song. And also she's just I still just get iconic. chills when yeah, I hear that Lady song. Gaga for sure. Yeah. For I sure. love Lady Gaga. Yeah. <laughs> Trixie Mattel or Gottmik? Um, uh, um, I'm, I'm friends really... with Gottmik, so 
Um, <laughs> I don't watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh. I'm a really bad community member, but I did see Trixie recently and she's fabulous and I love her whole Barbie brand yes. and I love the Barbie brand. So I'm going to go with Trixie because of all the yeah. pink and I love the branding, like yeah. the motel or the hotel, like I love it. Yeah. Smart businesswoman. Let's go with Trixie. Seriously, for sure. Yeah. Sneakers or heels? Um, That's hard because you showed up, you showed up here with both. <laughs> I did. I showed up in pink sneakers and I'm wearing pink heels. Um, heels, because little Corey would say that. <laughs> Let's go with that. Heels. Love it. Cute. <laughs> and it fits the whole Barbie vibe. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, this was so fun. This is so, so fun. much for being here. Of course, thanks for having me. Why don't you go ahead and look into that camera and plug your socials so that everyone can find you because you're amazing. We want the world to see you. And I know a lot of people already do, but let's tell more people. Yeah, get the followers. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at I'm Corey Ray, TikTok at Corey Ray, and my website, CoreyRay.com. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Interview with My Kid. Don't forget to follow us on all streaming platforms and follow us on the Pass Your Bedtime YouTube channel.